Welcome to the Masters in Motion podcast, where we empower Masters athletes to reach their full potential. Join us as we delve into the world of CrossFit and showcase the strength, resilience, and determination of Masters athletes, because we love this sport. I'm Jason Grubb with Rick Stevenson, and we have a special episode today. Uh, lucky enough, we had Annie Sakamoto scheduled to be on our podcast today, and a huge announcement came out from CrossFit HQ about the Masters athletes. You know, we've heard the rumors, and it's finally out there. If you haven't seen the post go to the crossfit games instagram account it's the it's a post on there but rick how are you man i'm excited we've got a lot to talk about today in this in this interview a truly newsworthy day just a (laughs) regular tuesday here in october right yeah it it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So we've got Annie on today, and uh, we're, we're going to pull her in here live in just a second. But uh, tell us a bit about what you know about Annie Sakamoto, oh. a legend of legends in this sport. A lady that really needs no introduction, but a, a wife, a mother of two, uh, certainly an athlete, a coach, and an affiliate owner. Uh, she is herself a four-times games athlete, uh, winning the 2021 45-49 uh, championship uh, at the Games, the 2011 Spirit of the Games recipient, uh, a CrossFit Level 2 trainer, a CrossFit Games analyst, which we all know her from, one of the original CrossFit Nasty Girls, and a true ambassador of CrossFit. We're really excited to have Annie on and speak with her now. Let's jump in. All right, guys, we're live. I've got Rick Stevenson... Annie Sakamoto, Annie, thank you so much for joining us uh, on our podcast. We've been working on this for a time. You've been living life to the fullest in a number of ways, including moving your affiliate. So uh, I think we've got you on one of the best nights uh, with the CrossFit Games announcement today about Masters athletes. I think it's a great night for us to all be together on this podcast. Wouldn't you agree? I think it's very fitting. And I um, I appreciate the timing. Timely. Yeah, exactly. You know, we... We, we love to uh, predict the future and uh, <laughs> kind of got lucky. So yep. thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for it's having great me. Great to be able to speak with you. Um, I think uh, in, in the, you know, and certainly we have a lot to discuss with the news from today, but then also a little bit of your backstory. But um, as a fan, I want to just confirm, obviously, the workout Annie is named for you, right? But is there a backstory? Because I never heard a backstory on that. And, you know, we, we know where some of the names obviously come from, but for the girls especially, because of all the OGs like yourself, was there was there something specific to it with the uh, double unders and, and sit-ups? I so wish there was some sexy story that came with my uh. workout, but it was one of those things where, um, you know, when I first started, obviously I was lucky enough to be at the original gym uh, with mm-hmm. Greg and at the time Lauren Glassman, uh, now Lauren Janai. Um, but we still, every morning, the first thing you would do is log on to, we called it .com, CrossFit.com, and look at what they posted as the workout of the day and then look look at the comment section because that is, um, you know, where everybody would post their times and their scores. Um, and one morning I woke up and I opened up .com and there was Annie, um, you know, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, double unders and sit-ups. And to this day, I'm not quite sure why that is my workout. Uh, you know, I can only assume it's because I love double unders and I hate sit-ups. Um, oh. But yeah, no exotic, wonderful story like there is with Kelly, I don't know if you know who Kelly Moore is. She was a very early uh, a poster on the dot-com site. She was an amazing athlete. And there was specifically this one workout that um, had dumbbells in it, and she just crushed the workout. Uh, and she, I think she even did it at the men's dumbbell weight. And 
<clears throat> anyway, she, you know, everybody's giving her all these accolades on the side, like, oh my God, Kelly, you're amazing. And she said, well, that's only because it wasn't running uh, box jumps and wall balls. And literally the next Uh-oh. day was oh, Kelly, no. five rounds of a 400 meter run, you know, 30, 30 wall balls, 30 box jumps. So box oh, unfortunately, mine's say. not exactly, mine's not yeah, quite that exotic. Um, but it is what it is. Oh, and, and repeated. Think about how many times that is that workout has been repeated. Right. And my name Over has been there, cursed yeah. when somebody's hit the shower. Well, yeah. yeah <laughs> yes. Back yes. of the legs, That's... the trips. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. This, the, the burn from the sit-ups. Traditional sit-ups. <laughs> yeah. Regular sit-ups. Um, kind of leads to, I, I do like what HQ is doing right now with the workout of the day. Change and having guest programmers. I mean, for years, Jason goes back a long time. I go back a long time. At different points, we've all followed main site. We've watched the videos, the old YouTube way. Uh, and it was just always there. And you never had much context behind it, you know, being far as far away as we are from, from the origin of it. But now to have a couple of guest programmers going with two-week blocks, you know, Dave and Boz, and now I think it's Ben Smith currently doing it. Um, it's changing it up a little bit. And I think, I'll tell you, I get the email and now I'm suddenly looking at it a little more closer than I used to just just for that. Uh, have they asked you, are you a programmer by chance? I know you're a coach. Yeah. So Absolutely. Actually, coach pro- by heart. I love coaching. Programming is yeah. not my favorite thing. So honestly, I hope they don't. Okay. Um, but, right. but I do like it. I like... Um, I like that it has a little different flavor with everybody who comes on in programs. But I think, you know, the underlying theme always with .com and ideally with a lot of the guest programmers is that um, elegance is in the simplicity of the programming. So we're all, you know, mm-hmm. it's so easy to be part of these gyms um, or go into gyms where it's EMOMs and three different pieces and accessory work and and so many different things and um it's very complex and uh there's a ton of stuff going on and i think that we fail to remember sometimes that simple is actually better it you know can often be the hardest or the most potent of all of yeah. um the crossfit workout well let me let me put you on the spot annie uh with that thought i was just thinking okay so you didn't get to choose Annie, as your workout, it just got assigned to you. But with that in mind, the elegance, the simplicity, with your strengths, I know you're, you're very gymnastics-y, very good at all that. You're good at everything, but very gymnastics-biased. Uh, uh, Annie 2.0, let's name one. What would you want Annie 2.0 or 3.0? There probably isn't Annie 2.0. I don't even know. But let's call a new oh, yeah. Annie workout. Let's replace it and have you decide what would your workout be if you had the opportunity to create your workout? Now that you've got 15, 20 years of experience, what do you call it? What do you do? What is the Annie? Um, I think, well, I'd love to say strict ring muscle ups because that's about all I can't do. I think I'm oh. kipping, but they're really just strict. Uh, no, I would definitely have um, higher volume ring muscle ups in there because I do love ring muscle ups. And then honestly, I would probably put something like wall balls in there because I hate them so much. Um, I'm, I'm horrible at them. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where your workout shouldn't just be what you like. It should be what you need. Mm -hmm. Um, so it would probably be really high rep, uh, muscle ups and really low rep wall balls. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Right. 30, 30 muscle ups every break, two wall ball shots. I love it. I think that's perfect. There it is. It's perfect. <laughs> Annie 2.0. Annie, Annie with wall balls. Or I know. Okay. Anyway, that's great. Thank you. Exactly. For, I'm going. I'm going off on my programming tomorrow, and I'll try that. It's literally. It's going to be programmed for Boulder athletes next week. I love it. <laughs> do that. As as a you know one of the original nasty girls. Uh, can you can you give us a little bit of background? Take us back uh, when you started or when you walked into the original gym. What led you there? Um, uh, you know, at, at that point in time, how did you hear about it or, or, you know, your beginning of your CrossFit journey a little bit? Yeah. So, um, I was, uh, teaching a cardio kickboxing class and, uh, don't think anything cool, le- legitimately think like Tybo, Billy Blanks. Um, and mm-hmm. I was teaching that here in Santa Cruz at just some of the local studios. And I had known Eva Tordokens for a really long time. I had taken a hip hop dance class with her from my sister-in-law. Uh, back when I was like 18 years old. And so I had, um, and she was good friends with my sister-in-law. And so I had known Eva for a while. Eva came to one of my kickboxing classes and she was like, hey, if you're into fitness, you should come try CrossFit. Um, and I think at that point I had maybe heard of it, but I was like, you know what? I hear people throw up. My kickboxing <laughs> is great. I feel, you know, fit enough. Um, I don't want to do it. And she was like, no, just come in. I'll do a personal training session with you. And I promise you won't throw up. So I was like, okay. So uh, I went into the, the original gym and she took me through a workout. It was three rounds of 10 deadlifts at like 65 pounds, uh, 10 pass-throughs, the pa- a pommel horse. We had a pommel horse at the original gym. I've seen um, that in the videos. Yep. And yeah, then yeah. Um, a 400-meter run. But, you know, I operated on beats per minute. That that was intensity for me. I had never, like, I didn't know how to impart intensity upon myself. So I did my deadlifts. I did the pass-throughs. I jogged the 400, you know, did three rounds of it. And it was like, people throw up. Like, they should be taking my kickboxing class because people <laughs> are not fit if they're throwing up from this. I came home, told my husband, hey, I tried this thing called CrossFit. I think, you know, I think I'm okay at it because I didn't throw up. And he had actually done it um in like the late nineties with a couple of surfers here in Santa Cruz. And he's like, I've done it before, you know, I'll go take a class with you. So we went to the 7 a.m. class on like a Friday morning and Greg was there and he was coaching the class. Oh boy. Wow. And there was like maybe eight of us. And so the workout was a 500 meter row, um, some amount of air squats, some amount of kettlebell swings, like 15 or 20 air squats, kettlebell swings, three trips around a cargo net. We had a cargo net at the original gym. Um, and then 25 glute ham set up three rounds and he staggered, Greg staggered the start. And so the goal was to catch the person in front of you, but not let the person mm-hmm. behind you catch you. Yeah. And, yep. th- and there we had intensity. Um, you know, so, so that like, I was really trying to catch the guy ahead of me, not let the person behind me catch me. Um, I did all 75 glute ham sit-ups all the way down, all the way up. I had never done a glute ham sit-up in my life. Oh, what did they tell you? So the next, the next day I was like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sore. My my abs are sore. I kind of like the way this feels. This is amazing. The day after that, I couldn't laugh, fart, cough, sneeze, bend over forwards, backwards, touch my toes. And I told my husband, like, you have to take me to the hospital. I think I, I think I was distended. Like, I think I have a hernia. Something's wrong. And he said, well, let me go talk to Greg and Laura and I'll go see what they think. And they were like, please don't take her to the hospital. Please, whatever you do. Um, 
I felt better probably like three or four days later. I'm sure I had a mild case of rhabdo. Uh, But by the the time I felt better, I was hooked. Like I had never felt like that in my life. And and I knew I wanted more. Yeah, great recall. I'll tell you what, (laughs) I'm sure you're asset, but I... I have trouble remembering what I did last week. Same, actually. I, yeah, but, I mean, but that but, one left but, the mark. But there are, yes, I was going to say workouts in all of our journeys, um, especially early on, that leave a mark, leave an impression. Yep. Yeah, there's no doubt. 70, 75 uh, GHDs will leave I, a memory. Yeah, there's a there's a memory. <laughs> yeah. I've heard a million Fran stories, but I've never heard somebody from zero to 60 miles an hour on GHDs like yep. that. So congratulations. Yeah. Well, yeah, you deserve it. And so th- that was that was back in 2006, seven? 2004. Four. Okay. Yeah. So you'll be all right. Twenty. Not many people can say twenty years coming up. Yep. Yep. We're coming year. on. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So you you began. You were hooked. Yep. Um, did you did you want to coach? After no. A that, while, that's a great question. You, yeah. So that was I think that was around May, and Nicole Carroll started right around the same time that I started. Um, Eva was there. Lonnie Lau was there. There was this gal. Yeah. I, I think her name was Christine. I, we all called her Chem Girl. Um, but there was a great group that was um, that was at the original gym, and I remember Greg was doing one of his seminars uh, like October of two thousand four, and he was like, "Hey, I want you to take the seminar and you know you could become a coach and I was like no I really don't have any any desire to coach um I was managing a restaurant I was actually still teaching my kickboxing classes at the time um and I was like no you know I don't really want to be a coach and he was like he made me basically take the seminar um and it was great it it was you know back then it was I mean he he lectured and it was incredible but it was really Mm -hmm. kind of a hangout uh, we went through a lot of workouts. Um, and then he kind of pressured me to start coaching. And he gave mm-hmm. me like an afternoon class once a week. And um, it maybe took me a couple months, but then then I was hooked. I really enjoyed coaching. And then I um, luckily... <laughs> My husband had a good job and I was like, okay, I'm quitting my job managing this restaurant. I'm all in on this CrossFit thing. Uh, that was probably like early, mid 2005 and I have never. Wow. So that's a wealth of wealth of coaching experience too. Yeah. When you look back on, you've seen the journeys that you've probably helped people along the way um, get to get to levels where they didn't think they could get to or achieve a movement for the first time or yep. just get started. Yep. Um, I don't know what the community is like out, out there for either the original or or your current gym, but if it's like a lot of ours, it's a it's a it's a mix, and it's all kinds of different fitness stories for different reasons. And yep. your passion for coaching um, certainly has has come through. Yep, I mean that that's you know I did the seminars for a while, and then once I had kids, it was a little harder to travel. But I also realized, you know, as special as those seminars are, and you you know, you get emails from people that are like, you changed my life in the weekend. Honestly, um, seeing people on a daily basis and understanding, you know, the things that that make them work hard or just finding out their little idiosyncrasies and nuances and how I can help them is so much more gratifying to me. Um, that That is amazing as those seminars are. I knew that like, I really want to coach on a daily basis and see people make those incremental um steps, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, month over month, year over year. That's what, that's what just fills me up. Yeah. By staying there. And that, that's the, that's the key. Yep. So, uh, when did you move, when did you finally decide to strike out on your own, um, with, uh, 
CRS, CrossFit Santa Cruz Central. So um, I think it must have been uh, maybe early 2007, somewhere 2006, 2007, Greg and Lauren moved to Prescott, Arizona. Um, at that yeah. time, they could not afford to buy a house in Santa Cruz. I mean, a house that they would want. Uh, so they moved mm-hmm. to Prescott. Greg had, I think his dad was out there. Um, so uh, I... I managed the gym. There was probably like 12 of us that were trainers. Um, and it was great. You know, we, we just kind of ran the gym how we always had. And we were always in contact with Greg and Lauren, but it got to the point where like, I would have to call Lauren and be like, we need toilet paper. And she would order toilet paper. You know, we need this, we need that. And it just, it wasn't working for them. There was kind of too many coaches at that point. And so a couple of us kind of grouped up and started our own CrossFit gyms. Um, and that just made more sense for everybody at that point to kind of either own or go work for one of us that was going to go own uh, a gym. So that was late 2007 is when we became an affiliate and then we opened in 2008. That's fantastic. Yeah. And as you said, haven't looked back since. Exactly. So talk about your, uh, when did, when did you start getting competitive? I mean, besides the first workout, because I know for me, (laughs) the attraction of CrossFit from the first week was how do I get good enough to to beat these guys in my gym. It was just, it was a natural, there was a natural race yeah. in it every day. But so Andy, for you, what, what does that path look like for you? Well, those early days, again, like I was lucky enough to be with Nicole Carroll and Eva and, um, you know, there was a lot, uh, Greg Amundsen and all these amazing oh, athletes sure. at the original gym. And so it was like, you're saying like there was a daily competition, um, you know, at the gym, there was no CrossFit games until three years later or whatever. And by then I had just had my my daughter I had she was like almost a year old and honestly and I've told this story a few times um that first CrossFit Games, I was really scared to compete. Uh, and a lot of it was I thought that the community would have an expectation of how I would do. Um, mm-hmm. In reality, that was my own expectation of how I would do. Um, basically, that I needed to win it because I had been on the site so often and I had done so many workouts for .com. Um, and so honestly, I was just, I was too chicken shit to, to measure up um, when it really came, came down to it. And so I didn't compete. Um, until 2011. And that was the the first year that there was the open. And now I'm, you know, I own an affiliate and um, everybody in the affiliate wants to do the open. And everybody's like, Hey, Annie, you have to do it with us. Like you own the affiliate, you have to do the open. You know, I was like, nah, nah, okay, fine, whatever, I'll do it. Uh, And ended up qualifying for regionals. And I was like, well, I'm not going to go to regionals because I don't want to qualify for the games. And, you know, a couple of people are like, well, you you haven't been training for it. So you're probably not going to qualify for the games anyway. So just go do regionals. Just go do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it was in San Jose. So it was close. So I went and did regionals and lo and behold, at the end of the weekend, I was in third place. You accidentally qualified. qualified. Yes. Well, (laughs) China Cho and I were tied for points at the end of the weekend, but because I had an event win, I got the Mm -hmm. invite and China really wanted to go to the game. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if she knew that I was hesitant to go to the games, but I'll never forget, you know, she pulled me aside and she was like, you better take that in. Mm, nice. um, yeah. and, and I did. And I just, it, it was so freeing to be at the games and to learn that, you know, the, the community supported me no matter how I did on a workout or how my mm-hmm. overall outcome was that, you know, the community loved me for my efforts, not for my placings, just like they do for everybody else. Right. Yep. Um, yep. and that was such a freeing moment for me. And, um, yeah. And then that was it. And then I was hooked on competition. Oh, so the, the switch was flipped. Yeah. Once you got past that, uh, you know, uh, 
the kind of wall that you put up yourself. Exactly. Uh, and, and, um, you know, then, then look, look at where she's gone from that. <laughs> and as a fan of the sport way back then, you were such a recognizable name. And I'm like, okay, there's this guy, Rich, who's defending in 2011. All right. Yeah. And Chris Spieler, everybody's favorite, just because he's going up with, you know, David versus Goliath. But, but Annie, everybody knew Annie's name. I didn't know all the female names or something like that. So it was really kind of cool to see, see that, um, uh, that games. And that's, uh, the year, uh, we were going to, uh, say that or the spirit of the games. And I think that's a yeah. testament to, um, uh, you know, what they thought of you with your contribution to the sport, um, at that stage. And I'm glad they do that, uh, each year. So it had to be, had to be something special. Yeah. Thank to, you. To I, I appreciate on, that. On the, on the competition floor. Um, but then as, as we've all gotten a little older, you've made the natural transition to, um, to age groups, to, to masters. And, um, I, did you have, um, any kind of, uh, you know, preconceived notions about competing as, as an, um, somebody who's had success at the elite level? but then transitioning to masters because I know we've talked in the past. There's that hesitancy, maybe with some of the other bigger names, like some have done it and some haven't. Mm-hmm. And what holds back the 35 to 39 group from being just an absolute um, star studded festival at the games is maybe some names that aren't there. Right. So, but did you have, I mean, were those thoughts that you might've wrestled with or heck you just want to get on the floor again and, well, so for me, um, I think the first year I competed, I was 35. Um, you know, the age groups didn't start until 40 mm-hmm. back then. And so I think I yep. was 35 the second year I was 36. And, you know, um, th- and there was back then there was like Cheryl Brost was there and Angie Pye mm-hmm. and Becky Konzelman. And so there was definitely a handful of us that were, you know, in our mid late thirties and mothers, um, and trying mm-hmm. to compete, but that the, the sport, um, advanced so quickly that it was very obvious that, you know, when you're a business owner, a mother of two, and 35, 36 years old, it is really hard to keep up, especially with how quickly um, everybody was getting better. And so honestly, by the time I was about um, 38, I was just biding my time. I made regionals all all of those years up until I was a, an official master at 40. Um, mm-hmm. I made regionals, but um, at the last two years when I was 38 and 39, I was just there to just continue competing. I didn't really think I would qualify for the games because uh, it was just so much tougher at that point. Um, and so probably by the time I was 38, I was really eyeing that 40 year old master's yep. division. I was really excited about it. Um, but you know, I hadn't had that many years. I only had two years at the games prior. That first year was a total fluke. Um, the second year I really wanted to make it back. The third year I just missed. Um, by that fourth year, I was like, hey, this is getting a lot tougher to qualify. Mm-hmm. So pretty right. early on, I was actually eyeing the master's division. See. Everybody wants to turn in our sport as masters athletes. We all want to get older at, at a certain <laughs> point, don't we? Yeah. And and I go to work and I talk with uh, everybody at work, and they they dread hitting certain numbers. I'm like, bring it on. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's flip the calendar. Come on, it's okay. <laughs> I need that next division. <laughs> yes, it's such a it's such a different mindset. They look at me like I'm crazy, and I I'm like, eh, it's okay. Well, and let's I see would... what the sport. What, what the methodology does for us. It puts us in this frame of mind. Yeah. We love it. It works. 
it's and, successful. And honestly, it is one of the things that is so impressive about you, Jason, is, you know, I won the 45-year-old division when I was 45. Um, and then that was it. I mean, <clears throat> for numerous reasons, but the fact that you have won that division as you've gotten older and everybody else essentially stays younger, you know, <laughs> in a lot of ways, um, it's just so incredibly impressive to me. Jen Dieter is the same way. She's not winning, mm-hmm. but she's qualifying. The fact that she qualified yep. at 48, 49 for a 10-person division is absolutely yep. mind-blowing to me. Yeah, Justin LaSala in my age group is another guy that yeah. has been there six or seven times and, and qualified from 45 through 49. And it's and it bumps up with you, Rick, next year, I think. But, I mean, wow. Uh-huh. It's, it's, yeah, there we go. The to get to the games is so incredibly hard with a field of 10. It's so hard that even this year, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I accidentally, it seems cliche, but I accidentally won quarterfinals and semifinals because I was battling so hard just to get a spot to get to the game, just to make sure I was in the top 10. Cause I never know on a blind no. leaderboard in a, in an online qualifier, you just don't know what you're up against. You're chasing ghosts. And totally. <laughs> the ball bounced in my direction, which was great. And then the, the curse was uh, in our age group or around our division, no one who's won the qualifiers and has ever won the games in our in our age group, or at least that was kind of the, the ghost yeah. that was making me nervous. So at the games, I had all this like mojo or like or whatever. I'm like, I don't want I didn't want to win semifinals. I don't want that kind of a target on me. Um, but the target was there anyway. Um, <laughs> so for you, in, in given your history and your background, and such a longevity in the sport and in, in, in competition. As a 45-year-old, I did get to sit next to you. I, you know, I think we we got to interact on the on the field a bit. I mean, you know, I think you and I both finished the handstand walking event that year. And we're like, we're in the end zone and just high-fiving each other. It's because, I mean, that's an event that you have to win. Um, I didn't win, by the way. I got second in that event, which I'm still salty about. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but I saw you after our during drug testing there was this we were, we both sat on the white couches and we were just chit-chatting and having a good time after everything was said and done but for you what was it like to to go and just take it and to take the win as a 45 year old mother business owner lifelong at this point crossfit athlete um it was really special just in that like it it validated for me the years that i had put into training right. the sacrifices that i had made um I'm not saying that I needed it to validate everything that I'd done because I really, I still enjoyed my training. I always enjoyed working out. Um, I always, I love my coach, Jason Lydon, and we have such a great relationship. He's made training really fun. Um, but that was, yeah, you know, I wanted it. I really wanted to win. And I really thought that I had the capacity to win the games. You just never know, depending on the programming and the order that things come up. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But so to win it was um, was the culmination of a lot of, 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 of my efforts and sacrifices and my families and people mm-hmm. around me, you know, my business partners and um, fellow coaches in the gym that covered classes for me. And, you know, especially my husband and my kids that, you know, put up with me and the things that I ate or didn't eat or went to bed or, you know, did all these things. And um, so it was, it was very special and it was really fun to win it with you. You know, we hadn't really met 
um, before or spent that kind of time together. And that, that 20 male, 20 female heat where we were out on the floor together, um, the bond that we formed over those three days was amazing, uh, specifically you and I, but with a lot of the, the guys and gals out there. So, um, yeah, I mean, in so many ways, it was the culmination of, for sure, my all of my competitive efforts in CrossFit. But I've always said that I will never compete at the expense of the longevity of staying in this sport. Yep. Meaning, you know, if it ever becomes not fun, it feels like work. Um, I dread it. Uh, for the sake of competing, then I would stop competing because my goal is to do CrossFit until the day I die. Yeah, right. I mean, I, and, and I don't dread anything ever except a workout that's primarily echo bike. And then I question <laughs> whether or not I need to do this anymore. Like, this is stupid. This is straight stupid. Or in the last year, shuttle runs had me questioning why we do what we do. Uh, like, like, I don't know if I want to do this like anymore. There's, there's got to be a men's pickleball league around here that I, I would mean, be just as yep, fit. Absolutely. That would be, you know, there's, they have some pretty good coverage. I've seen really good coverage of pickleball <laughs> on YouTube. Um, and so I'm going back to the golf course. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, you know, the news came out today, uh, just a, a slight shifting of gears. And we, we've got, you know, three CrossFit Games alumni here. Um, and the news came out today that confirmed the rumors that we all already knew that the CrossFit Games was going to be partnering with uh, with other competitions to hold masters adaptive and age group athletes. We want to acknowledge that the, that the adaptive and age group and the and the teenagers, um, yeah. they they have they have a new path and all that stuff as well. I think we'll talk mostly about masters, but that's not because we're not ignoring them. We're just we're this in this context of masters. So uh, it's announced today we will qualify for an in-person championship next year at the Legends Championship, named to be determined if it's going to be the Legends Championship. They weren't mm -hmm. clear about that in the post on what that's right. going to be called, but we will qualify through the open quarterfinals, semifinals, which I that answered a lot of questions I think we all had. Like, how do we get to the games? Yeah. And it did open up quite a few more questions about logistics and, and all of that. But you know, when I first heard about this enormous shift in the games, uh, you know, spinning off the Masters athletes, when I heard this at the games, I mean, day one at the games, I heard the rumor um, and I was like, I it, it was it stung. It was hard. It was hard to swallow. Uh, but now it's it's for, it's for reals. It's out there. CrossFit releases it today. Um, your initial thoughts, impressions, maybe when you heard it, Annie, maybe the rumors, what, was, what were your feelings around that? Um, and again, I just want to preface this that we don't none of us have all the details. So we're just sort of we're there's still some speculation, but I don't think it's unfair to talk about what it feels like. I think that's a fair thing. So yeah. what were yeah. some of your thoughts and feelings, Annie? Um, well, I think just like you said, you know, I had heard rumors for months now, probably since the games, that this is the direction mm -hmm. um, it was heading for the teens, the masters and the adaptive athletes. And, you know, on one hand, I, I understand we've been in, we've all been in the back when there's 430 of us getting briefed on workouts and yep. they're trying to manage all of us. And it's a, it's a ginormous group of people and it's a massive undertaking to give us a great competition. Um, then they chopped down to 10 and actually I, I, I don't know. You, you guys would m maybe have better feedback for me. I don't like the 10 person heat. I, I just don't like that as a competition. Yep. Um, and so the thought of, I'm going to guess that these competitions will now go back to bigger um, categories, uh, you know, mm -hmm. numbers in those groups, larger fields, larger yep. fields. Thank yep. you. Um, yep. 
really makes me happy because I think we're going to have a better competition that way. I've been lucky enough to have been to two of the Legends comp- uh, uh, championships. I've been on the media side, but I've got I've been able to witness it and they've done a fantastic job. I think their tests have been Mm -hmm. great of the athletes. I think they run a really good event. Um, So in that sense, I think it's great as far as our experience goes as athletes that want to be competitive. Um, And I understand where CrossFit is coming from. Like I said, it's a huge undertaking. Having said that, being at the games at the same venue where the elite individuals and teams are competing, I think there's a lot of people that end up coming and watching our, our three divisions, the masters, the teams and the adaptive, because they're already on site, they may become a day early. I don't think those people are going to specifically go to whatever venue these other events are at. Um, and you know, you're doing check-in with Annie Thor's daughter and Matt Frazier. You're in the same dressing rooms that they are. I mean, that might sound silly, but I think for a lot of us, it really, really matters. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's a bummer that that experience is going to be taken away from people. Honestly, I feel really lucky to have gone through it. Um, that experience, I, one of my, the, actually the, the girl who owns the gym with me, um, she was at the games as a master's athlete in 2015. And we were talking today, like, will, will you say you're a games athlete next year? Are you a legends athlete? What are you? And she said, wow, I sure am glad I made it in 2015 so I can right. really say I'm a games athlete. Um, and <laughs> well, those are things that I think a lot of us are thinking about. Yeah, yeah. I think that's an important Absolutely. point. This this identity of who are we now? Like, um, yeah. in, in the future, will we be will we be games athlete, games champions? Will I what what will we call that? Uh, because that really has, at least in my experience at CrossFit, that's almost 10 years. My 10 year anniversary of starting is, is in about a month. Um, but you know, when I first discovered that I could turn 40 and attempt to become a games athlete after having watched Rich Froney become the fittest man in history live on my iPhone, almost hidden because I told my wife at the, my wife back then that I was not going to get obsessed with this. And I'm watching, like I'm sneaking the CrossFit <laughs> games on my iPhone and watching yeah. Rich Froning that weekend. Um, so no, I was obsessed. And, and then of course become full on full all in on this. But I, I always had that dream of becoming a games athlete. It did become part of an identity. And that's you got to be careful with adopting an identity that's based on an external um, whatever. But but still accomplishment. accomplishment. Yeah. I really think it would be very special and very cool and appropriate if CrossFit is able to retain that identity so that if we go for this in-person championship, which is a nice way of putting it, um, you know, maybe it's the CrossFit Games uh, uh, presented, presented by, by presented something by like that. that you got to figure out like yeah. what rolls off the tongue, of course. But however that all bounces, if we're able to retain that CrossFit Games champion uh, or CrossFit Games athlete, that is a huge thing. And the fact, I agree with you, Annie, the silver lining in this was certainly the fact that we get, we'll probably have 30 to maybe 40 qualifiers in each age division. That's been typical for legends in the past. Um, but even if it's 20 to 30, we've been begging for that from CrossFit because that's, you get so many more people mm-hmm. being able to fulfill their dreams of competing on the competition floor. And um, I mean, that's fantastic. And I, selfishly, I don't want to have to thread the needle to make the top 10 to get to the games next year. Top 10 is just so hard. Yes. Um, totally. Yep. So I, I think I can get there in the top 30 without, without killing myself, but um, you know, that'd be nice. Um, but I agree with you as well. 
and I, I won't linger on this, but there was something special, and Rick got to experience this as well, when you're in the warm-up area and Jeff Adler is warming up next to you, you know? Or yep. I remember my first year at the games, oh my gosh, I was uh, I was starting to warm up for a snatch. And at that time, I didn't even know there was a difference between like an Olympic bar and a uh, rogue bar. Like I didn't know there was an Olympic lifting barbell. didn't know that that would even existed. I was just, I'm a rookie at the games trying not to mess things up. And I'm warming up with a, uh, Ohio bar and Rich Froning is like, hey man, we're gonna do some squats. Uh, you want to switch barbells? Uh, you you use the Olympic bar? I'm like, sure. <laughs> thanks, Rich. And I tapped him on the shoulder. It's like, thanks, Rich. As if he's were good friends, and he allowed me to touch him. <laughs> like I touched Rich Froning, <laughs> and I was starstruck, man. I mean, that is a yeah. real experience of what it's like to be there um, in that space. But I also think on 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 the other hand that. It's up to us as as masters athletes in our community and all of the age group and adaptive communities to create their own stars, their own like I got to compete with Rick on the floor. You know, as a 50 year old, I just wanted to get on the floor and compete against Rick or, you know, maybe Annie. Maybe Annie's there as a 47 year old, or 48 year old, like I don't know, somewhere in the range, somewhere in that range or as a 50 year old. Let's, let's just call it. Let's round up. We'll all be 50 very soon. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the honor of being able to get there uh, and compete with so-and-so maybe it's sam dancer in the 35 year old age group or josh whoever we can get um in there and the 40 year old stars the 45 50 55 60 there's athletes that are aspiring to be like those athletes and if we could spread the word about um these events we could get butts and seats to come on out to wherever it's going to be come watch us and Mm -hmm. and uh chase that uh, that ability to compete on the game's floor with the hero of their division if there is you know i think that's I think there's yep. opportunities for that. I think we just have to we, we kind of have it in our hands as masters. Now it's up to us to kind of share and build our own um, audience out there. Yeah, I, I agree. And I actually really like that um, that sentiment, you know, that that kind of uh, way of thinking, because, you know, I always tell my kids like this is your choice. Things are your choice. This is our choice. How we're going to view mm-hmm. this change. Right. right? Yeah. Like we can choose to view it as being slighted or, um, you know, put push off to the side or we can view it as something that's going to be really positive. And I, and I love what you're saying, which is we can choose to create our hero and to create buzz around this and make this a positive thing and make it um, fun and try to get people to come watch. And like I said, I've been to the Legends competition twice now and they put on a great event. Um, I think it it could be really good. It is, it is. And I mean, to hear, I mean, we had the live broadcast those past two years that had you on there, that had Sean on there. And honestly, to have, to be an athlete on that floor and hear Annie Sakamoto say, you know, Jason smells blood in the water. I I remember when you said that I've replayed that particular (laughs) Jason smells blood in the water. I don't know if you remember, but that was the final event of legends last year. I had to beat the other competitor in both events to win. And I smelled blood in the water. Yes. He broke up his (laughs) handstand pushups. And I was like, Oh, we're good. We are good. And I was like, you know, I was, I was terrorizing the the floor there. Um, Or have Sean say your name. I mean, just you guys, you have, I would say the two most distinctive voices on in the CrossFit world on air is your voice and Sean Woodland's voice. And if <laughs> if either one of those voices says your name live, it's it's amazing. I mean, it really is. And those are some things that can make athletes feel 
super special in our own competition is to hear these these voices that have this that sound like crossfit i don't know i mean that's just it's a way to make it feel great well and then that's where you know it's not just on joe and bob and legends but it is a little bit on crossfit to make sure they're helping create the hype yes um that they don't just purely hand everything off to legends or to pit team throwdown or to wheel wad that they they're creating as much hype around this as they can um that it is sean woodland saying advertisements or things about these these events yes. so that it creates hype you know and they've, they've historically they've had some of those media pieces that they start to put out the you know it, a road to the games or uh miles to mm-hmm. madison or whatever they wanted to call them back in the day but mm-hmm. i watched those yep. if there was one that was out that's what we're watching that night i don't care what it night it must is see, yeah. must see tv yep. was road yep. to the games miles to madison um even the 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 document or the segments last year where they went back to review Boz putting together the games workouts. Like what was that? Run called? the test. Run the test. So run the test. So I much fun. Yep. But you just sneak in, you know, a handful of stories in there that that covers the gamut of the games athletes, the individual athletes, the elites. They're great to watch. We love to follow them. We're all fans of that. But then we sprinkle in adaptive masters, teenagers, so that those names get out there. Like everyone should know uh, Ty Jenkins, the teenage uh, athlete that has won the games, I think the last two years in a row, the guy is going to be huge in this sport and he's 17, maybe bumping up next year, I think. Um, Or everyone needs to know the names of a couple of adaptive athletes. I don't know names. I know, I know a couple of names, but, um, and masters athletes, just get those, get those names out there so that when people get to see them in person, there is that psychological, like, Oh, I've seen that person. Um, I mean, it's, it's a silly example. Like Rick, when we were at this competition, the, the Masters Fitness Championship last weekend, so many people mm-hmm. came up and would tell me, I think I, you probably heard it too. It's like, I know your voice. They know my voice. They know your voice, Rick, because they've listened to our podcast. And if we say someone's name on the podcast, it's super special to them. You know, um, that stuff, I think, yeah, CrossFit can do even the most minimal efforts like that. Not high. Well, high leverage things uh, but even the minimum right. at bare but, minimum they can do some fun things but by the uh by the press release today and the post they're going to collect our money so we're going to go through we're going to go through the open yeah. and quarters and semis so what they choose and how they choose to allocate some of those dollars towards support or or not not having support i know it becomes a financial decision we've heard that from um everyone on down yeah. Um, that it's not it's not cheap to run these events yeah. and Annie when you said that you were hoping that they don't just hand it off uh, give a little bit of um, information and then let the event organizers go from there as long as we have that support uh, they tell those stories and I think back to the to the commercials that are run in between the broadcast that's not games specific at all that's life-changing that's stepping into the gym for the first time that's overcoming fears or uh, working to improve your health which is why we all started <laughs> I mean I you know, I'll say that for myself. Well, I started in the first place. Um, so you, you really have the full gamut. You have the stories that can be highlighted with the higher level competitive athletes, but then you have the everyday stories that 
are, I can argue, are more meaningful and impactful um, because that's the majority of the people that um, that, that do this methodology. So, well, and and those ads or uh, you know commercials, yeah, that's what drives Info. people into our affiliate. You know, as an that's affiliate right. owner, it's like all eyes are on the big event, whether it's um, the games or if it's one of these, um, you know, these new events. All eyes are on. That is your moment to seize and to put out these mm-hmm. commercials of the everyday people walking into gyms because the, then people watching it aren't like these people are just freaks of nature. I could never do this. Then they're right, seeing like, right. oh, you know, Rick didn't start like this. He might not have started like this. He might have started like, Mm-mm. you know, like just the every other Joe coming off the street and now look yep. at what he's doing. So um, I think that's exactly it, that CrossFit needs to seize those opportunities a little bit more, um, not just for us as athletes, but especially for us as affiliate owners. Yes, because the current CEO has talked about driving um, numbers of people into affiliates. And I know this is near and dear to your heart. I mean, I think he's put out a pretty big stretch stretch goal, um, maybe 30 million people doing CrossFit or something in some number of years times. And how do we get to that? Obviously, some growth is going to have to occur outside of the United States, which I think is growing faster. Certain areas are growing faster than we are. Um, but from an affiliate owner, do you feel that um, those steps absent um, game society, are they really helping? Um, do you like to support that you're getting? Uh, I mean, tell us a little bit about, you know, looking at it from a different lens. Uh, you know, I I, um, I'm going to be totally honest. I haven't fully utilized affiliate support uh, for a long time because honestly, for a long time, there wasn't a lot of affiliate support. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately, yep. I'm in the habit of not utilizing um, what that affiliate portal offers. Um, for mm-hmm. us as affiliate owners. Um, I think it has gotten a lot better. From what I've heard from a lot of other affiliate owners, it is much better than it was before. Um, having said that, I don't, I don't utilize it because for so many years, there wasn't really much there other than the name. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. for a lot of years, the name was enough. You know, when CrossFit yeah. was really blowing up, it might have been worth it to pay $3,000 a year just to have the name and not get a ton of other sure. support. Um, I think that has changed a little bit. Um, yeah. There's a maturation in the, uh, in the, in our methodology and sport. Yep. No doubt. Yep. Um, but I think I would say, and I've met Don a couple of times now, and I really do like Don. I get a really good vibe from him. Um, I do think that um, he is trying to, in a, in a sound way, as much as he can, improve the affiliate experience and, and what HQ is offering us as affiliates and what, you know, the value. He's helping to improve what the value is in being an affiliate. There you go. Yep. And yeah. It's, and Getting it's been something a while worth since, your dollars. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's been a yeah. while, I think, since a lot of us felt like there was a lot of value in in that affiliate fee. Well, congratulations on the uh, on the future move, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yep. Yeah, we 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 have unknown months left in our temporary location, but we're we're just happy we have a location. It's actually um, it's up in the woods a little bit, so it's really peaceful up there. There's a ton of parking. Um, you know, there's a lot of homeless in Santa Cruz. Uh, at our old location, mm-hmm. we encountered some. At our new location, we'll probably have some. So this temporary location is on this church property, and it's up in the woods. There's no homeless. There's just beautiful oak trees all around. So wow. that sounds great. Yeah. 
but you've you've already had to move everything once. Yeah. And now you have to move everything again. So so uh, this that's, is that's what I would you say. Help the members. Well, and yeah. everyone, you know, they're looking around because we had been in that in that locale for 15 years. We had 15 years just worth of equipment and stuff. Um, but we're CrossFitters, so the the we moved every single thing out of that gym in one day. <laughs> one yes. day. It was. That's- a, because, accomplishment. because it's CrossFit. So we were, you know, we want to work hard. Everybody comes like there's community. So everybody came sure. out and, and helped out or, or fed food or, you know, did, they did all of these mm-hmm. things. It's not the actual moving of the equipment that worries me at all. Like I know I've got that covered with my members. For us, it's just been about finding the right location, finding something that's right. feasible for us. Um, the permitting process, the parking process is so hard in Santa Cruz. Um, that, that's been my biggest hurdle. The thing that worries me the most, the moving of all the equipment, no, no problem. Logistics are easy there. love that. Exactly. <laughs> you will stand there with your stopwatch and go three, two, <laughs> three, one, two one, go. Exactly. And you can't use the clock on the wall because that has to be unplugged <laughs> and moved. So you might as well use your stopwatch. Exactly. Because then you can transport your stopwatch with you as you're uh, yep. racing from spot to spot. Yep, that's, certainly that's wish my easiest. You, certainly wish you well. If we were all geographically closer, we'd help pitch. 100%. <laughs> I know you would. We'd I appreciate that. that. Yeah. Well, and- There's a little bit of distance right now. Annie, we yep. appreciate your time. And uh, this has been so fun. Thanks for coming on with us. If uh, if people wanted to follow your journey as you move and as you settle into a new space, where can they find you online? Where would you like them to follow you? Uh, best would probably be Instagram. So I am at Annie Kimiko, K-I-M-I-K-O. Um, or the gym is uh, at CrossFit Santa Cruz Central, I think. I forget my Instagram. We'll start searching here. Where's my phone? We'll find it. It's close <laughs> yeah. enough. We'll find it. Yes. We'll start typing in. Hopefully, if we follow everything else in CrossFit, Instagram, we'll just know to auto correct or auto you know right auto auto finish well annie thank you so much and uh we wish you the best thank of luck we may circle thank back if, they, if we get more news we may need to tap you again to get a little bit of that I'm inside around. information all right we'll see you next I love time it. thanks thanks for having me well thanks for tuning into the masters in motion podcast if you found this episode to be helpful we'd be so grateful if you could take a moment to leave us a five-star rating on apple podcasts or your preferred podcast app your support helps us reach more listeners and grow our masters community until next time, get bolder, not older. See ya.